I promise you, when you put it up and you see that yoke, you can't do nothing but get your roll on. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Easy. He jumped that side of me. How about a oot oot? He gets away from the pressure. Fires to the end zone. It's shot! It's Greg Lewis! Sunday, October 2nd, and as we all know, football is a game of inches, but this week it was a game of centimeters as the Vikings double doink their way to three and one. Uh, they defeat the shorthanded New Orleans Saints 28 to 25 in London and yeah, move to three and one first place in the division once again. Um, Brian Lundin, last week we talked after a win and we're probably 90% negative. What, how are we feeling this week? Another 90% negative pod. Are we going to get closer to 50, 50? What do you think? Um, We're getting closer to the 50, 50. I feel better about this week than I did last. Um, I don't know if that is correct or not, but (laughs) I would say (laughs) I'm about 70, 30 on, on the negative side. There's definitely some good things about this Vikings team and, some things that I think could be really good, they just just need some fine tuning. And I think part of it is, again, kind of similar games back to back weeks. I would say, as far as games you feel like you should be winning, they come down to the wire. Um, obviously, this week the Saints are missing several key players, and I think the Lions are, even though they're both one and three, I think I'd say the Lions are a better team than the Saints this year. Um, at least offensively, the Saints do have a good defense, but um, I think part of it is just like. The first time it's frustrating. The second time it's like, oh, maybe this team can just is just a winner. We're just winners, you know. Maybe we just pull out wins. I don't know what it is, um, but it's always good to beat the Saints. That's for sure. Um, and this is now several times that the Vikings have beaten the Saints in what I would say is um, exciting or excruciating fashion, depending on which side you're on. Um, are we anywhere closer to making up for what is owed us by the New Orleans Saints with some of these wins? Uh, no, <laughs> they got a Super Bowl out of it. So right. until we get our Super Bowl, I'm I'm still gonna be salty. But exactly, um, there was a couple couple calls in this game where you felt like maybe maybe they were trying to right some wrongs, uh, or the stripes were in in any aspect. But yeah, this team, um, I wasn't nearly as negative as last week, but it's it's starting to grow on you. Um, and I think part of it was. They were in front for more of this game than they were yeah. the Lions game. But um, w- one thing I wrote down is, you know, we've, we've had a couple ugly wins, um, these close games where the offense has needed to put together a drive or put together a, a, a scoring drive in the fourth quarter. And the last two weeks they've been able to do so. Um, the Packers game, game kind of just got done they had a very ugly win against uh, New England. So I think a lot of it is new coach, new scheme, a lot of new things um, all across this team. But hopefully 
it, it starts to look a little better, starts to look a little cleaner um, week by week. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to the offense. That's probably where we'll spend majority of the podcast as usual, but I got to start with the special teams because they were the stars of the show today. Um, you know, we were joking that the um, London crowd really enjoyed, you know, seeing so many kicks and so much, um, so much foot action in this game. Um, but Greg Joseph, four field goals, including a big one to win the game um, or well, to put the Vikings ahead with, um, I don't know how much it was 24 seconds left, something like that. Um, we had a turnover forced by the special teams. We had the fake punt, um, excellent throw by Ryan Wright. That was like, how that was what, like 30 something air yards, probably. That was impressive, even though he underthrew him a little bit still, like big expectations on that route, but it got there. And I was really impressed on that, um, on that play. But do you have a star of the game as far as special teams go? I would say it's got to be Ryan Wright, which is tough when Greg Joseph makes five field goals in a game, but he missed the extra point. So his report card isn't, isn't Sterling the way feel Ryan Wright's was. Um, I was quite upset with the decision not to go for it. Um, when they did that, uh, fake punt. So that was very exciting for me, but I think part of the reason we're so high on special teams is because they've been doing this week in and week out this season. They've, really been one of our strongest most consistent units um and that is really good to see from the the mike prefer area era and um just all the the various issues we've had in the past um jalen rieger i think he dropped one punt last week but is is starting to grow on me to the point um where i'm not not concerned about returning punts the way i used to be always been a big um, Keeney fan. We'll see if he continues to take take kicks out from fairly deep in the end zone. He's not necessarily set up, but um, he had a really good return today, and I think thirty three yard return. So the the special teams not being an issue is more excitement than the special teams really being in the top ten in the league, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah, and that's what I was a little bit surprised on the coverage that they didn't kick it short and cover because we have covered kicks so well this season. Um, on that last one, you know, run a little bit more clock and stuff. Um, and obviously that ended up coming back to bite us and had I said it was a game of centimeters, and I was watching the highlights and I almost forgot that, you know, Olave had that pass on the sideline where he didn't get a foot down or a second foot down. That would have been a you know, made it a much more reasonable field goal attempt. Um, you've got Harrison Smith getting getting hurt, not getting up fast enough, and we're getting call, you know charged a timeout. Um, it would have been rough. So um, luckily, we got the bounces um, and come away with a win. But my other theory is, obviously, you want to make the extra point. You want to be up four instead of being up three. But I kind of like being up three more than being up four, just because I feel like, and because so this was before the last drive, right? This was the there's plenty of time left in the game. It wasn't the last second um, drive, and I just feel like it's it's human nature or it's football coach nature to be less aggressive when you just need a field goal instead of when you need the touchdown, right? So, um, I mean, he makes a sixty yarder, which is like, are you kidding me? And then he's going to make a sixty one yarder, so that would have been uh, that would have been crazy. But um, it worked out. Greg Joseph, you know, chance for redemption. Um, no gimme with the 47 yard field goal um, to win it. So it's, you know, it's come a long way from last year, which is um, awesome to see. So shout out to all the special teams. Yeah. Um, has been 
definitely the most improved unit on this team this year, for sure. The one thing I would be regressed without mentioning is um, Chris Boyd forcing forcing the fumble on, on punt coverage. That was a huge point in the game um, for the Vikings to steal a little bit of momentum back. And I haven't been the biggest Chris Boyd supporter in the past, but he went down, missed the tackle, but still still stayed involved in the play, came back and, and did a great job forcing that fumble and getting the Vikings the ball back. So one point for Chris Boyd. I was very, I missed that play live. I don't know. I went to like, cause I saw we we're punting and I went, I thought it was gonna be commercial or whatever. I come back downstairs and Justin Jefferson's like running down the sidelines, like about to score a touchdown. I was like, what is going on? How did this, how do we get to this point? So yeah, great play by him. Um, you hear that Chris Boyd, that's some positivity for you. So be enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, great job by the special teams. They've been great all season. This is definitely their, their standout game. I would say you mentioned Rager and let's transition to the offense with that because He's someone where I've seen enough now out of him that I'm like, I kind of want to see more out of him like on offense too. And I know that we've got a lot of mouths to feed on offense, but he's getting a couple touches a game, it seems like, but I would love to um, see that, um, see them kind of work a role um, out for him. And if, you know, if something does happen and he needs to step up for, you know, an injury here or there or something too, I've, I'm pretty optimistic about his, um, his chances to at least be, he's not going to live up to the hype of, you know, the first round pick that was taken ahead of Justin Jefferson, but um, I like him as an addition. And I think he's got some, he's definitely got some juice. So I would like to see him get more opportunities too. Yeah. I think, I think you were right with uh, he's getting a couple, couple touches a game. Um, but if you could, if you could move that up to maybe five touches. Um, you run the end the around with him game. instead of KJ. Like I, I like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think with the ball in his hands, he's looking to do a lot, which is great. Um, would really, really like to see more opportunities to get him the ball in space. Now, obviously, if we have an opportunity to get somebody the ball in space, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. But that's where, you know, going back to last week, if they're going to double cover your your top options, you have to have those, those different relief valves. Um, and I, I really feel like he could be an important part um, when CJ Ham is not not reeling in the go routes, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's start from the beginning because the Vikings come out, they get the ball first, and they march right down the field. Um, they score a touchdown on the first drive, almost had to settle for field goal, but um, Alexander Madison breaks a couple tackles. You know, they're getting everybody involved. Like the first five plays, it felt like it was five. It was, you know, Justin on the first play, then they're hitting um, hitting Dalvin, they're hitting Thielen, they're hitting Irv. Um, and it was, you know, just a really, really nice drive. I was, you know, tipping my cap to, um, to KOC after that first drive. So they score a touchdown with 8-12 left into the first quarter. They do not score another touchdown until... 415 left in the fourth quarter so between a and b a and z if you will a lot of frustration a lot of trips to the red zone uh they're moving the ball you know they didn't go three and out until like um later in the game i think it was that fumble um actually um on the punt was after the first three and out and what was you know we get to the we're going to get to the end and the you know some clutch plays that were made but between that first drive and then finally getting in the end zone on the Justin Jefferson run, 
what was why were we struggling so much? What was kind of frustrating for you in watching the offense for a majority of this game? Um, I think the hard part I had is, like you said, the offense just looked so methodical in that first drive. Um, I think if we got if we were faced with a third down, it was a third and manageable, either third and one, third and two. The full playbook is still open at that point. Um, and then it just seems like we're not as creative, um, whether that's moving the pocket for Kirk or different play action things. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily that we're not that creative or just isn't as effective, but we just, it was the same thing with the Lions game. You just go through these stretches where it is, it, there's nothing going on on offense. Um, Kirk has really struggled against any sort of pressure. Um, and so I feel like it seems like we're always running into situations where the pressure isn't necessarily to the point where it should kill a drive, but, but Kirk's, um, lack of abilities to, to feel a pocket or keep his base to be able to plant and throw from a messier pocket, um, has really slowed down this offense. The other thing I will mention is, is the running game. We'll go silent for periods, but then when we do need it, it's it's not nearly as effective as it's been in the past. And I know this is going to be a different offense than we've seen in the past, but it just seems like Delvin's always – he's more of a Le'Veon Bell type of back where he's waiting for these holes to open and, and they don't have eventually open to the point that he needs them to. Yeah, I was, my biggest frustration in this game was the – the running game, I think, especially like as we got into the second half and it's like, we're not able to run the ball. And then we see, you know, our old friend Latavius Murray, like gashing us on the other end. I'm like, this is, you know, this is balanced football. This is a balanced attack. And then, you know, that's why the Saints were having more success. I felt like in the second half. And, you know, I think one thing I'll say, some, say something nice about the offense. It does make a difference like I said, they didn't go three and out until like later in the, I think it was the third quarter. Um, even just getting first downs compared to how many times they went three and out last year makes a difference. And I think that that's why, you know, you know, the defense had its fair share of struggles too, but every first down that you get every, even a field goal drive, you know, we want, it almost wasn't enough today, but, and, you know, settling for four field goals in a row is not going to be um, the most effective way to, put points on the board obviously but that's still better than going three and out three times in a row and like really putting your defense in in a tough position right so um so that's something i'll say that i think is is we underrated last year just like how much three and outs really hurt and put the defense in a tough spot so um even just moving the ball even getting into the red zone and kicking field goals is you know moving in the right direction but then it came down to that red zone offense and um, several, you know, opportunities that were missed. The most frustrating being the, I think it was on second down when Kirk throws to Justin Jefferson on kind of a post route. It's behind him. He's not able to catch it. And then on third down checks down to Thielen when you have Jefferson in the corner, the end zone wide open behind him. Um, and that's where it was really frustrating. That's where um, my most um, engaged with, tweet of the day that went a little bit I saw it was quoted in an article so I'm looking like a like a real hater in whatever article that was but um 
I was not happy with Kirk after that. And he came through in the end, but um, that was a tough moment settling for a field goal again. Um, they had more penalties in this game felt like than they've had all season. And again, not being able to run the ball in the red zone, I think hurt too. I mean, they were a, a Alexander Madison, you know, two broken tackles away from not scoring a touchdown on that first drive. Like they, you know, had the penalty and um, would have settled for a field goal there for sure. And then you have, you know, you finally get down after the Thielen pass interference and score a touchdown. So the offense is still a work in progress. They've done enough each of the last two weeks to win, which I want to talk about, you know, in a minute and what kind of credit we should give to, to Kirk for that, especially, but two other things we mentioned kind of during the the game when we were talking was um, one being, it just felt like, you know, it has felt like throughout each of these first four weeks, the offense is still experiencing some growing pains. They're still getting comfortable, you know, especially some of these plays. It's like, you know, on the interception on a few other ones, it feels like Kirk is just getting the ball out late um, or questioning a little bit of, of what he should do. Um, and then, you know, maybe O'Connell's trying things and, and, you know, refining what he wants to do as well. So I guess what have you, seen from the offense so far that you feel like could improve and what should we, we be watching for, um, for when, cause they've talked about it too. Like, you know, we're still working on it and we're, I think Kirk said, you'll know it when you see it as far as when the offense is really um, clicking. So I don't think we've quite seen it yet, but what are you kind of looking for um, on that? I think the, there's a couple things. First, I'll start with saying something nice about the offense <laughs> um, in one. Um, I think it was after the, the punt that they fumbled and got the ball back that they took an opportunity right after the turnover to be aggressive. That's where we get the 41 yard um, play that you mentioned, Justin Jefferson running down the sidelines. I think that just the game within the game um, momentum shifts. You, you need to be able to take advantage. Now he gets down to the three, we get a delay of game and we settle for another field goal. Um, obviously that, that doesn't help. Um, keep that that momentum or or the foot on the throat hypothetically but i i'd love to see more of that even if it's not necessarily successful we got the fumble off of andy dalton uh right before half and taking a look at that drive we had you know a pass to justin jefferson kind of a screen that went for no gain um we got another incomplete pass we get a penalty and it's you know we're just moving backwards every time we get into the red zone i think a red zone offense is my biggest frustration with this this team um just because it seems like we move the ball pretty effectively and then when when that field gets shortened or condensed um we don't we don't have quite the amount of answers um it'll be interesting to see if you know, Kevin O'Connell can work in some wrinkles or or find a way to be more efficient in that space. Adam Thielen showed up in the first half of a football game. That was great to see. Um, pretty good game from him. But um, he was a tough sucker. I think yeah. The biggest thing we're going to see, he was a tough sucker. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing we're going to see is the Vikings offense has been almost the top offense in the league on first and second down. And then they really have issues on third down. If we can hopefully sprinkle some of that success onto those third down plays, uh, then this, this offense is going to be converting, converting new um, first downs and, and moving the chains at a really good clip and, and just continue to put up points. 
Yeah. Well, that's where I feel like as we kind of talk about towards the end of the game, felt like both of those last two drives, you know, they were, they got down there and they scored, but it seemed like, you know, first down it's a, it's either incompletion or a short run and second down it's the, it's the other and you're in third and long. And then suddenly you're in third long again, just because, you know, right after you got a first down and, you know, felt like they got bailed out a couple of those calls. I do think that the pass interference was a pass interference on Adam Thielen, as far as, you know, the guys right in his body and riding him out of the play of uh, the hands to the faces, you know, was maybe the more questionable one, but um, you know, then they get down there. I don't know how you let, you know, a handoff to Justin Jefferson, just walk into the end zone, but that's um, we'll take it, I guess. But that's where I feel like some of the, when you don't have the early down success, like you said, which we have had a, quite a bit of uh, that's where they need to find ways to, um, to execute on, on third down. So, let me ask you this because this is now two weeks in a row that Kirk Cousins has led a quote unquote game winning drive. I think, I don't know how they qualify that feels like it um, at least. And you've been a lot of these situations last year um, throughout his t- tenure with the Vikings is Kirk, Cl- Kirk Cousins clutch. I think he has his moments. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say he might be. just because, you know, I think about this, the there's two thro- throws that stick out to me, both against the Saints. Today, the um Jefferson. The Jefferson throw was a dime. John Justin Perfect. Jefferson's running full speed, runs right by Lattimore, doesn't have to slow up right where he can catch it. Um the other throw I'm thinking of is um it was a throw to Adam Thielen in the Vikings playoff game against the Saints. Similar thing. He runs by Lattimore and it's it's just a perfect throw. I don't know if those options are really only there when, you know, going gets tough and you're going to get those those singled up options, but I feel like maybe Kirk's conservativeness leads him not to throw those throughout portion of the game and then when he needs to, he hits on a couple, but the last two weeks, I think you'd have to say Kirk is clutch. Um he's made some big throws, got some timely penalties and and let us down the field for the points needed to win the game. I do. I think that Kirk Cousins is is clutch. I think that he has, even last year, over his time with the Vikings, more often than not, if we get the ball, you know, under two minutes, and there's been plenty of opportunities where I'm like, okay, Kirk, this is what we pay you to do. You know, like this is your opportunity, and he usually comes through. You know, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown or what we need, uh, more often than not, I do feel like he comes through. Now, there's a different issue with Kirk that I don't, maybe we don't have as like concise of a word for that's like as perfect sports talk as, as clutch, but something where sometimes when Kirk doesn't have it, you know, from the beginning of a game, you know, and there's just like, you, you know, turtle mode Kirk or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, we've all seen it Eagles game, right? Like the plenty of other times, like we know it when we see it um, with Kirk. So there's different issues where he, um, maybe puts himself in situations he doesn't need to be in. But once he is in those situations, I do feel like more often than not, he comes through in the clutch. So I don't think that, you know, if that's a narrative about him not coming up big in the biggest moments, I don't think that that's true. I do think that for whole stretches of games, you know, when the the, um, scenarios are, are not right for him or are not right for the team that he's not ever able to ever overcome those things. And sometimes it's, is often very frustrating. So that's a different thing. And maybe we work on a word for that, but 
Um, I do think that that's still very real and a big issue, you know, with, you know, whether it's Eagles game or others that we've seen, you know, plenty of over his time. But I do think that as far as, you know, if people think that Kirk Cousins isn't going to come back and win a game or isn't going to, you know, make the right plays in the two minute drill, I don't think that's true. Now, clock management may be another question, which I'll lead it to you on that. Do we have to worry about Kevin O'Connell with his timeouts and his clock management? Because I got some questions. Yeah, I would. Um, the end of the first half today wasn't good um, to the point of, of Kirk being clutch. I think the easiest way to describe it is all of last year, Vikings fans would have much rather had the ball to finish the game than had to rely on their defense. Right. And our defense in end of game situations was a whole nother option. But um yeah, Kevin O'Connell, he said all the right things in press conferences. He's going to have a guy specifically for game theory, use of timeouts, etc. Yeah, that guy doesn't um, have a passport, apparently. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that's our issue. Uh, it It's not the worst use of timeouts in the NFC North today, so we'll take that Challenges, as, a, yeah. as a win. But, uh, you know... I'm going to give him this one. I feel like we haven't had too many issues in the the three weeks prior, but um, something that he can definitely learn from. Be interesting to see if anybody asks him about it through the week in in his press conferences and and what the thought process was. The way we looked at it, you know, it seemed like they were just playing for the field goal, which they were able to kick the field goal as time expired, didn't give the ball back to the Saints. But, um, it just seemed more of a conservative play than you would expect from an offensive minded coach in that situation. Yeah. It went from, we got the ball back with like 50 something seconds left and suddenly there were 16 seconds left very quickly. It's like, you can't get enough plays off to even try for anything other than the field goal at this point. So I didn't like that. It was kind of ambiguous whether or not he called the timeout on the end of the, before the last kick, you know, and if the saints were actually set up, or if they were about to get a delay of game, which is what it kind of looked like uh, when he called the timeout, but it worked out. Um, so can't fault him for that one, but um, I give him, I give him some time to, to figure it out, but whoever the guy is that's in charge of that needs to be on top of it. And, you know, if, especially on offense, like if O'Connell's worried about calling plays and maybe not as focused on game management stuff, you know, like, have someone for that and let's get it right. Um, so that's what I have to say about that. Anything else on the offense? We, um, you know, two weeks in a row now they've come through to win games, um, even though the reason that the Vikings, you know, got down in this game was a lack of of touchdowns and a, and a surplus of, of field goals. So they came through in the end, you know, some penalties helped and, you know, they got the ball tight or, they were, they got down three and then they went, I don't remember. I don't remember the sequence, but they got the ball back tied and they went down and got a, and got a field goal. So they went down three, got the touchdown, missed the extra point. Oh, the missed extra point. Of course. Saints came back and tied it. Then they went, went down to win it again. Um, the, the one thing I will say is I know it's been rough these first three weeks and then, I feel like it was non-existent today uh, talking about the screen game. Um, I guess I'm at Madison scored on the screen. So what do I know? But um, 
I would like to see whether it's the run game, the screen game, or kind of short, quick passes, ways to counteract that that quick pressure Kirk sometimes faces. Um, one blitz they got us on it, that the, drive was frustrating. Mark Sanchez, the, the, Mark Sanchez talked about it today. He goes, they're just waiting for third down and pinning their ears back. And, and there's no, it doesn't seem like Kirk trusts his line enough or whatever it is. So there was a real quick, real quick, there was a really funny moment on that when I was watching the replay or the highlights and there's before third down, Mark Sanchez like circles cam Jordan. He's like, he's got his ears pinned back to his third down and immediately cam Jordan is dropping in coverage. on the third down. (laughs) I did see that. And I thought that was funny, but yeah, just, just, options that maybe get Kirk back into a groove when when we see conserva Kirk or whatever the name is for it when you know the Eagles game when he doesn't have any trust in his line yeah yeah I'm not I'm not overly worried about the line after this game you know that's a really good front that they went up against um if anything maybe the interior stuff you know would be my bigger area of concern I think Darisaw looks great <laughs> I mean, we might really have one there. Um, so overall, I'm not too, not too concerned about the O-line. You know, you're going to have some, you know, there's a lot of teams with really good, um, that can get really good pressure. So that's going to happen sometimes. Um, you know, not Brian O'Neill's finest game, but he'll bounce back for sure. So yeah, having options, you know, knowing that's part of, I think, learning the offense and, you know, getting more comfortable in it, knowing where you're, where your hot routes are, who your you know, whose protection responsibilities and stuff. I think Madison had some tough moments on that in the game. So they'll work through it. Um, but yeah, they are doing enough to win right now, which is, which is great. But I think, I don't think that we've seen this offense really hit its ceiling yet, but it was good to see this is probably the more, it wasn't balanced in the sense of, cause the run game, I don't think was great, but you know, you see Thielen have a good game, but, you know, Jefferson still goes for about 150, you know, like the back and forth of a defense having to, you know, kind of choose who they're going after Thielen, you know, drawing, drawing penalties and stuff as well. You know, Irv that out there, Johnny Munt, that can't happen again with that drop. That was another frustrating moment. But um, yeah, I would love to see. I think, I do think there's a little bit of room for Reger in there too, you know, as your fourth receiver. Um but if you know if we're targeting Mont, like why not? Why can't we get Rager in there? Yeah, exactly. I and you know Mont's been great to this point, um, coming in when he needed to be. Um, I think it was Ellison that had the drop on a wide open slant route in in weeks prior. I think it was the Eagles game, but drops have seemed more prevalent than they've been in the past. And I think that's a combination of new faces, new people, new offense, et cetera. Um, but also it seems like Kirk has been maybe a little less accurate than, than we've become accustomed to. So if we can figure those things out, um, that would be a huge, because the drops really just kill drives. I mean, we set up that entire third down play to go to Johnny Munt and Kirk put it on and, perfect spot and it hit his hand hit his elbow and he dropped it so we'll have to see what comes from that yeah i said at one point because because um chris carter was in the in the crowd today in london i said they're gonna have to have a a hands lesson after the game because um yeah jefferson had one i'm not giving him the i'm not i'm giving him a drop on the 
the out route there that was, you know, kind of came into his body and fell off. I'm not giving him a route on the, on the full turnaround he had to do in the end zone on that. I think, you know, rule of thumb is if it hits your hands, you should catch it. But I think if you have to rotate more than 180 degrees to get your hands to the ball, to me, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a pass on that one. Cause that was, would have been a heck of a, a heck of a catch, but you know, he can still, you know, that's where, you know, as good as he is, he still can improve some with some of those, you know, maybe outside the frame catches and those sorts of things. Um, he does let the, you know, ball get into his body, but I mean, Randy Moss made a career <laughs> doing that too. So, I mean, um, whatever works for you. So yeah, um, room to improve for the offense. And, you know, if we do see it at some point, you know, we'll give him, I'd say maybe after the bye, maybe, you know, maybe around mid season, if, you know, when is this offense hitting its its stride? Not that every game, you know, you know, they're scoring with a 28 this week. They had um right about that last week. I don't remember the score of the game last week, but twenty eight uh, last they, week. Twenty eight last week, yeah. So um that's good. You know, like we're watching the games, right? We understand that the a lot there's a lot more there than the than the scoreboard as far as what we've seen with the offense. And this is gonna have to be as we transition to the defense. What I'll say is, so the defense has given up 80 points on the season. So that's 20 points a game. What, if you could say, you know, they're going to give up this many points every game and we'll take it, what would that number be for you? I would say 21. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe right that's high. There. I feel right like we talked about that uh, last week. I might, week, go, to, I might but... go to 24, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, when... And now, if if we were a team built like the Saints, where there's a lot of money spent on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, maybe that number's more 15, 17, where it is. But the way the Vikings are structured and the offense should be the identity of this team, I think if your defense is only giving up 21 points a game, your offense needs to be able to outproduce that. Yep, you should win. Um, and especially with, with special teams being a solid contributor, um, whether it's field position, making field goals, um, good good starting field position, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I, I think 21 is is acceptable for what we expected of this offense in the preseason. Yeah, I agree. That's so I'm not going to there's we'll talk about the defense. Um and there's, you know, things that need to improve, but I'm never going to, I'm always going to be looking at the offense to win this team games as far as if that number is, yeah, yeah. anywhere from, I mean, it depends on the context of the game, of course, but around 20, um, those low 20s, you know, or, or high teens, um, if the defense is giving up that amount and, you know, it was different with the Eagles game, which, what did they give up, 23, something like that? um 24 24 so but that was like (laughs) again the offense was the frustrating part of that game but the way that the defense just kind of rolled over was um was a bigger issue and that was all in the first half if i recall so all that to say yeah the way that i'm looking at this team it is on the offense unless you know you get torched for 40 or something by some you know by some team but if you're I mean, they gave up 25 points to Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill. That's not great, but, you know, I'm still in that range. Like, I'm not going to be too upset about it either. So, 
any any specifics i guess one thing really positive i would say i thought cam dancer had a great game um great play at the end there on olave um great coverage knocking the ball away and i mean he dropped a pick but you know that's why he's a corner not a wide receiver um otherwise him and, and patrick peterson had a pretty nice game too i think they're both pretty solid on the outside it seems like every time we're getting torched it's middle of the field stuff it's slot guys linebackers you know that are in that vicinity so those guys i don't think have gotten beat too bad and they haven't who's the best receiver we faced aj brown i guess i'm on on my rod say brown you know like we haven't really gone up against any huge game changers at receiver yet either so that'll be maybe a different story it's not going to be next week. <laughs> It'll be in two weeks. So, um, <laughs> so I'll worry about that when I get to it, but I like what I'm seeing there. Um, safeties seem solid. I think it's the, it's the middle of the field is the linebackers. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What, what are your just overall thoughts on the defense? I guess we don't really have a much of a direction to go here, but. Yeah, I, I would agree. The outside corners look solid. Um, and Dancer did have a dandy of a game today. Um, would love for him not to get injured, but you know, that goes for everybody. Um, it does really feel when this defense is getting beat, it is middle of the field or crossers where we're asking Jordan Hicks, Eric Hendricks, or Chandon Sullivan to run across the field with a wide receiver, which I just don't think is necessarily a, a reasonable expectation, um, more often than not. The, the good things I think about this defense are I think we can be solid against the run when we need to be. Um, teams like in third and one situations, goal line situations, we we do have the beef to stand up to, to an offensive line. It's not like we're just getting blown off the ball four yards at a time. But it's they only in those, only in those very specific hold. situations. <laughs> Otherwise, we're Correct. getting run yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that's more of those zone runs that, that they're creating cutback lanes and, and that type of thing. So hopefully that's something they can correct. Um, you kind of foreshadowed ahead to the, the Dolphins game and, and <laughs> going against those top receivers. And all I can think about is Tyreek Hill running crossers until three o'clock and putting up 50 points on us. But mm-hmm. the, the good thing about, them being solid in you know the goal line and the the outside corners being decent is I feel like the red zone defense sometimes stands up more than than we would expect for the talent level um, and those are those are the things that you can win games off of I mean look at the Saints we dominated this game and all they did was show up in the red zone and we did not so made it made it quite a game but I think the defense I think we talk about you know new team new scheme all this these learning curves I think one of the biggest learning curves that we're watching is Ed Donatel um, seems like he's gotten a little better on when to press if if to press at all compared to mm-hmm. those first couple we weeks saw some blitzes today, um, yeah. yeah we saw a couple blitzes so I think as he gets more comfortable calling plays and and getting into his bag with with different blitz packages, this this defense could be more solid. Maybe turn the ball over more often than they are now, whether it's downs or or turnover, like we talked about. But 
again, we're not asking a lot from the defense. We're just asking them not to be to the point where, where our offense can't keep up. Yep. Yeah. I think whether you use, you know, total defense or, or points against or whatever, if they're in the 15 to 20 range for the, for the league, I think I would take that. Um, and yeah, they've been, I mean, they've haven't given up more than they haven't given up 30 points yet this season. When I look at that, when I look at these lions games, man, those <laughs> they need to put the lions in prime time. Cause those games have got to be exciting. Um, every game is like a shootout. Our game was the, the lowest scoring game they've had. And that was even in a, you know, pretty exciting offensive game. So, um, so it's not that, um, but it's, it's different than the, you know, the Zimmer defense for sure. And yeah, I think turnovers, I think, I do think they've been pretty good situationally, like you said, um, let's see what they were. They're fourth 10 on third down today. So, I mean, I guess that's not great, but you know, a couple plays stand out as far as, um, Shannon Sullivan coming up and, you know, busting up that, that short screen pass, um, you know, Kendrick's making plays others. So my question is, did Daniil Hunter play today? Like where was he? Zadarius Smith made one splash play, but I need to see more from the pass rush, I guess is what I'm getting at. And a lot of that's probably, you know, a successful run game by the opponent neutralizing that some, um, but I need this. Those guys so far have been good, but not great. And I think not quite up to expectations for me. Um, so that's what I would like to see. And that's where, you know, hopefully you could um, improve this defense and give it some more opportunities for success. So what do you think about that? I like the, I mean, only one play, I guess, but the, the Delvin Tomlinson strip Harrison Phillips recovery. Like I like that. Um, I like what I've seen out of those guys for the most part. Um, I don't know enough about, you know, D D line and especially in a three, four to know how effective they're being. But I think that's, that's a solid, you know, front, but where are those two elite edge guys at? Yeah. And I think the, the Packers game um, was maybe a little bit of fool's gold for us because they, they were down both their starting tackles seemed like um, Sedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter were really impacting that game. Um, and maybe that's led me to give them a little longer leash than, than they deserve at the moment, but they have been, been quiet um, with what you're paying and what you're expecting out of that talent level. I feel like you need at least two to three sacks from, from the edge department um, each week. And it just doesn't seem, seem like they're, they're there as often, um, even when they're, getting pressure and not getting sacks. It seems like our pressure numbers for, for our edge guys are down overall compared to what we're used to. And maybe that's a indication of the three, four or, or different things like that. But um, if that's the case, then we got to find other ways to, to pressure the quarterback because as, as much as we'd love to praise our, our cornerbacks, we're not going to stand up Mm -hmm. um, for five seconds, every, every play. So would love to see more from them. Um, would love to see them, you know, if they need to get creative and rush both of those guys from one side of the field or, or different stuff like that. Um, whatever you need to do to manufacture pressure, um, especially with with the, the quarterbacks we should be facing, if you can get them off their spot, we, we should be in a better spot than, than where we're at now. Yep. Yeah, two sacks today for nine yards. Um, 
Kirk Kirk got sacked three times for 23. And a lot of that was the one with, I think it, it was on one of those last two drives, which they credit to them because they overcame it. Um, but first down, we run play action and they just come up the middle and it's like a, an 11 yard loss. I think that was, so that was, um, that was an unfortunate play, but they did overcome it. So, so three and one um, on top of the division, the Packers did win today. So they're three and one as well, but bears are two and two lions are somehow one and three, despite playing pretty well throughout all of the season. I think um, we've got the bears next week. Let's we'll only look at those two games, the bears and the dolphins. And then we have the bye. So bears next week, dolphins. We don't know situation yet. It might be Teddy might be Tua. who knows. Um, you know, it used to be that through four games, we'd say it's a quarter of the season. It's not quite a quarter of the season yet, but three and one through, you know, through the first almost quarter of the season, I think we've got to be pretty happy with that, with who we've played. The Eagles look like the best team in the league. So that's um, looking like a better loss every week. And you've already got two division wins and a chance to go to three division wins um, on Sunday. So how are you approaching the the next two weeks before the bye? I think um, I think the Bears is a must win just from what the Bears have showed us um, offensively. Anyways, and please win comfortably. Um, like let's not have that, another. That's one of these. the thing. Yep. Like we've we've won a couple stinkers, a um, couple <laughs> ugly games. This is a game at home, division game against the Bears. Just win comfortably. You know, go show what you need to show. Put put that on tape. Um, and then go into the Dolphins game. Who knows what their their quarterback situation is going to be? But they're a very talented roster. Their defense is solid. They've got good receivers. Um, so then you know, see what happens. But I feel if if you beat the Bears comfortably, I'm fine going into the bye at four and two. Yeah, you're playing with um, house money with in first that, year head in that coach Dolphins game. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's really just a one week thing. Get to the bye, kind of heal up come a couple of those nicks and scratches whatever uh, and then lock in for the long stretch but that's really i mean if you can get to the buy at what would be five and one that would be phenomenal uh, yeah i I can't imagine what would be said on these microphones if that happens so um yeah it's you know it's interesting because we're feeling things out with a new a new coach a new system and stuff and obviously we were a little bit snake bit from last season and it's like all these one score games we would lose. And now we're two and zero in one score mm-hmm. games this year. So it's hard to know, you know, if that's a trend or if that's just luck, um, which I mean, the ball hit the upright and the crossbar and flew and, you know, fell out today. Like, and you know, they missed a field goal last week, Dan Campbell, all of that. So, but you're three and one every year we watch, you know, we watch these teams, we watch the Packers, we watch whoever else, like this is life in the NFL. You're going to have to win. If you're a good team, you have to win. You're going to win some games that you, you know, maybe don't deserve to win or you don't play your best or even close to your best. And um, I think that they're at least self-aware enough, you know, with what I've heard from Kevin O'Connell and, and Kirk and whoever else to say like, you know, even though we put up, you know, 28 points, which is pretty good. Like we know that we need to, in order for this team to actually get somewhere significant, we need to be better and we're working towards that. So again, Kirk said, we'll know it when we see it. So if we see it at some point this season, it's going to be very exciting. 
Um, but to be three and one, like you're in a position now where you can actually, you know, compete in a real way in the NFC. So that's an exciting place to be. And maybe it will turn out to be frauds. Like, I don't think that this defense is good enough to make a real run in the, in the playoffs or anything, but you know, we've got what, um, 13 games left in the regular season. So there's plenty of, uh, of excitement ahead of us. And I do think that we're, I mean, I have not been impressed with the Packers. I'm neither of you through four weeks. So I think that let's just watch this division race. And I think it could come down to, to the end. And, um, they're definitely good enough to compete in that, I think. Um, and especially with winning some games that you, you know, maybe didn't deserve to win entirely. So I do think, I don't know. I feel better about, about today than I do about last week. And like you said, maybe it's because of playing from ahead instead of playing from behind, but I don't know. Um, it's exciting to be three, one, three and one. Um, but we haven't seen the best of this team yet. I don't think. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to be, you know, three and one and still wanting more is, is, is great. Um, the, the couple things I've been silently watching um i feel like on the whole the vikings I mean, and we're only four weeks into a long nfl season but on the whole i feel like the vikings haven't lost huge players to injury um at least not season ending prayers up for for lewis scene the the rookie yeah. it sounds like that's that's going to be all we're going to see of him this year um and just just pray that he comes back decently solid but um you know the nfl is such a weird league where you get hot at the right time you you stay healthy where others can't um just the the vikings have put themselves in a good spot where we've got you know two division wins hopefully three this time next week um your one loss is to a team that looks really solid in the nfc banking up a couple good tiebreakers if it comes down to a wild card situation, but you know, just, just keep winning games that you're supposed to win. And, and then maybe you get lucky on games that you don't deserve to win. Um, yeah. I think this team for whatever reason is, is playing together and that doesn't seem like they ever are as down as they have been in the past. Um, and hopefully that's something we can continue to, to play on. Yeah, I was thinking about the injury thing this week before the game even. And, you know, you're looking at the Saints and they're, you know, they've got all these people out. And I couldn't have, you know, before, unfortunately, I think Lewisine's going to be going on the IR. And yeah, shout out to him for sure. You know, we're looking forward to him getting back. And I was hearing Kevin O'Connell talk about it. He's like, yeah, he's got to stay here in London and have surgery here and stuff. I'm like, man, that's um, that's not fun. So, um, so yeah, best wishes for him. But before that, I couldn't have probably named anyone on, on the Vikings IR, you know? Um, so, and he's going to be coming, you know, he was not really playing until, you know, until today. So meanwhile, you have teams who every week are adding people to the IR and are, you know, maybe have people that were lost in the preseason. So injury luck is huge. And, you know, you never know, you know, from one week to the next, you know, your whole season can change in that regard, but the Vikings are in a good position when it comes to, to injuries so far this season. And, um, you know, we saw Thielen get banged up a little bit today and who knows who else, but, um, tough sucker. He's a tough sucker. <laughs> was it Sanchez that said that? Who said that? I'm pretty sure it was Sanchez. 
Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a big factor for sure. And then, you know, just, I like, I don't know how to evaluate the whole culture thing yet, but what I will say is I do think that Justin Jefferson, who coming off of two games with less than what he expects for as far as production, you know, was obviously frustrated personally, but I think that, you know, I was just listening to this, his post-game press conference and he was talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm getting doubled and tripled. That means, you know, more for Thielen and KJ. And like, that's what matters. Like winning is what matters. And, you know, we saw him when he got his opportunity today, even, you know, even being followed by one of the better corners in the league, like he's going to get, you know, be able to get his on, on someone like, um, like Lattimore. So um, I like the team buy-in. I think that there's something to be said about the, culture that O'Connell's building, not that it's better or worse than what came before, but um, I mean, I can't argue with the results so far. So if there comes a time to <laughs> criticize it, I will be the first to do so, but uh, so far so good. So I have to be um, week by week. Um, I'm buying in um, to an extent. So one thing I'll mention uh, just with Justin Jefferson, he's about 77 yards off of 2k pace. So that's that's definitely doable. Um, the thing I will point out, he does have 42 targets through four weeks. So what we asked last year, 10 targets a game, has been seen. Um, even I'm with increasing a couple, those numbers. couple rough ones. <laughs> I'm increasing the ask, but yeah. <laughs> those are rookie numbers now? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, but I think um, it's tough to evaluate the culture thing. It's tough to evaluate any intangible, but um this this team has the talent at least offensively to to be very good um so i think the the moral of the story at this point is like you said kirk kirk says you'll know it when you see it so we haven't seen it to this point um maybe we got a glimpse of it in the packers game when nobody would cover justin jefferson (laughs) but other than that um i'm excited to see where it goes from here Honestly, I think today is the closest we've seen, and it's just the the red zone failures are what's you know the biggest concern. But you know you don't have the extreme of nobody covering Justin Jefferson like the Packers. You don't have the extreme of everybody covering Justin Jefferson like the Lions, who they try to tell us Jeff Okuda like was locking him down, and like you see three people chasing him on every play after that game. Like, come on. So I think that this is you know kind of that middle ground of like you know, where he's the number one guy and we're paying most attention to him. But at the same time, if he wins, he wins, you know? So, um, so this is, and I'm sure some of it was O'Connell too, like trying to figure out the balance too. So um, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And, you know, very interested to see how the, the targets are divvied up and what it was interesting because Kirk sometimes felt like he was forcing it to Justin. And then sometimes felt like he went, then back to old reliable and Thielen in some cases. And I don't know, we don't have a big enough sample size yet to evaluate all of it. I don't think, but it's a very interesting thing to watch an offense be built, you know, from these, these pieces. And again, we keep saying it, but to be three and one through, through all this is um, very exciting. And only one team has a better record, you know, that's the, that's the Eagles. So everyone else is, when you look across the NFC, there is uh, plenty of opportunity for the Vikings to, to make noise. Um, in the playoffs. So any final thoughts you have? No, that's the, the biggest, biggest thing is that 
we haven't seen how we want to, we haven't seen a full 60 minutes of how we want to see this team play. Um, and we're three and one despite of that. So just if it, it should hopefully all we only be up from here. Um, the big question mark is just getting a comfortable win against a team that you should get a comfortable win against. Um, now, when you look at the Bears, I feel like they've been in, in every game <laughs> that they've played. So maybe that that's just who they are. But um, would really like to see the offense show up um, and force Justin Fields and, and the Bears to participate in the track meet, which even our defense should be able to prevent that. So famous yeah, last words. I'm very interested in the Bears because I haven't watched – very much of you know they've been on different times the vikings and stuff so i haven't watched much of them this season and yeah like you said it seems like they've been in games like i thought they were maybe going to win today it seemed like and i'm actually a little teased for those who are listeners of the of the pod um i think i'm going to have my i've got a buddy in chicago that's a bears fan i think he's going to come on this week and do a little preview so we'll hear the chicago angle i was hoping we'd be able to laugh at the packers together but i don't think that's gonna you know that's not happening this week but Still, they went to the wire with against what was the quarterback's name? Uh, the, against the, the, the Patriots New guy England today? guy, yeah. Um, Zappos, Zappa, something, yeah. Um, apparently, he's a rookie. I had never heard of him, so uh, but yeah, the Packers did win. So, anyways, potential uh preview episode against the Chicago Bears with a local Chicago connection this week, but until. Next time, we will be back to react to the game next week. So thank you, Ryan, and Skull Vikings. That's cool. In situations like this, there's only two money guys on this team. Find them. Find them. 80, what you going to do today? I got my A game. You got your A game? Yes, sir. You got his A game.